Hello and welcome back to the Hunters of Fandom podcast. I am your host, James. In today's episode, we are talking about Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings, which I just got back from watching at the cinema. Woo boy, it has been... It has literally... I got out of the cinema 45 minutes ago. So these are the these are the freshest thoughts that one can ever thought any thought you thought you had these are these are fresh i don't know why my brain is just doing this but this is this is how we're dealing i guess with existence is me being a entire mess which you know what fair enough fair enough i am an entire mess just you know before we get into the episode i do want to let you know there are spoilers in this review um go watch the film and then you can come back and listen to this episode unless you don't care about spoilers if you don't care about spoilers then i guess you can listen to it i've i'm not gonna sit here and be like you shouldn't listen to this because like i have done that many a time for movies that i just haven't been too bothered about spoilers like obviously i wouldn't go into you know like avengers endgame with no spoilers but sorry i wouldn't go into avengers endgame with spoilers although i did get spoiled for that movie and it's been two years and i'm still vexed about it i reserve the right to be pissed about that yeah so as i was saying if you don't want spoilers go watch the movie and then come and listen to this episode okay capish got it cool so I'm assuming that everyone who's left now are people who either don't care about spoilers or have already watched the movie. So first of all, you know, initial thoughts, even as I was sitting in the cinema waiting for, like, the end credits, even before that, I was sitting about three quarters of the way through and I was like, I love this movie. This movie is great. I love, I love this movie. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That's like the main thing. Like I was I I enjoyed this movie so much. Like even as I was watching it, I was like, this movie slaps. Okay, the cinematography ah, The cinematography Chef's Kiss, okay, that that's that shit was good, okay? The choreography I, I I can't even like the choreography. I would like I would I would like to talk to whoever choreographed the fights because they felt like as I was watching like one of the first few fight scenes, I was like, this is a dance. This is literally a dance. Like it was simultaneously graceful and aggressive at the same time and then combined with the way that the camera was moving I just it was so pretty they did not have to do me like that they did not have to do me like that and then they did anyway so I'm crying um I'm not actually crying but like I just I love this (laughs) <laughs> I love this movie so much, and I've only watched it once. Like literally, I'm recording this on opening day. There's only been like 
I think, three showings for this movie at, at my local cinema. I watched the first showing. Like, I literally put up my new Shang-Chi poster and then sat down to record. My, my, um... My wall that I'm staring at is literally got five Marvel posters from, like, the cinema. Like, five official posters. And then it's also got two Avengers tributes up there. So, like, you know. And then it's also got, like, a Supernatural poster and a Mandalorian poster and a signed, like, Calm card. Um, but this is this is mostly an Avengers, like, Marvel wall. And I get the feeling that this is, it's the fact that every Phase 4 product so far, with the exception of the first episode of What If, is so good. But I can talk about What If at another point. To be fair, I still haven't watched episode 4. I'll do it eventually, but not currently. But just, wow. Where, Where to even begin? Okay, let's go through the Rotten Tomatoes scores real quick. Okay, so I just, like, went on Rotten Tomatoes, right? And Shang-Chi and the, Le- and the Legend of the Ten Rings has a 92% Rotten Tomatoes critic score. That's with 200 reviews and a 99% audience score with over a 1,000 verified ratings i'm i'm deceased i'm crying like i'm i'm genuinely in my emotions right now okay let's get some for the top critics okay let's get a positive review um josh wilding of comicbookmovie.com uh, says Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is nothing short of action movie perfection. This is the MCU like you've never seen it before, and it's no exaggeration to say that Simu Lu was born to play the MCU's newest Avenger. Five out of five. I'm really sorry if I pronounced his name wrong. Um, there's my single review for the day. As I was saying, um, this movie slaps. I genuinely really enjoyed the movie. Like, I've watched a fair few movies in the cinema. And, like, this year, just this year, like, these past couple of months. And this is my, this is the highest rated movie that I've watched. This this is my favourite movie of all the movies that I've watched in the cinema this year. And I watched In the Heights back in, at the end of June. And I loved that movie coming out of it. But this... I don't know what it is about the movie. Like, it's just got something... Because I really loved the story. Like, the actual story that they were telling in the movie. It really, like, it really hit me. And I wasn't, like, expecting to be hit as hard as I was by the actual story. I, I don't even know how to begin talking about this movie because let's just start with our main character, okay? Our protagonist, our hero, Shan. Um, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sorry. Um, 
I really liked the fact that while yeah he's really good at like ridiculously good at fighting at the start of the movie he just feels like a regular guy he just at the beginning of the movie he just felt like a regular guy at his regular people job doing regular things like he isn't he wasn't some tony stark big like billionaire like larger than life kind of character he was a lot more down like down to earth kind of vibes it was more of like a oh okay like you could easily meet this like you could easily meet a person like shang just like in your everyday life and like i'm like obviously like most people that you meet aren't like excellent fighters but just his personality the fact that he's just like he's got his like kind of like meh-ish job he's got like his best friend that he just like goes and goes out to go gets like drunk and go to bars and hang out with their other friend and their like partner or whatever like he just felt like a regular guy which was it's a nice change of pace from a lot of the characters that we've had before because take any of the original six for example like natasha was a spy she's a trained assassin which like she shares in common with Shan. like they're both like trained to kill from a very young age you got clint who's a spy you've got tony who is a billionaire and also iron man uh you've got cat like you've got steve who is a super soldier and is also over 100 years old and you have Thor, who's an alien god, and you have Bruce, who is half scientist, half green monster dude. So, you know, those aren't really the usual kind of, uh, those, like, that group of people, like, the most normal people there are Clint, is Clint. And I guess Natasha, although most people that you meet aren't, like, Russian spies brainwashed from childhood. So, and even Clinton, not that normal, because he's a whole super spy and shield agent. And that's also not something that most people are just casually out here doing. But you have Shang, who is just... Just your everyday guy who's got the kind of past where you don't see it happening at first. Like, when he first pulled out moves on on the bus, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I thought we were going to watch some... I thought at some point during the movie we were going to watch some, like, you know, the big hero training sequence of them, like, finally gaining the ability to use their powers for good like you know they get buffed they they get good at fighting and we have a version of that in this movie but it's but it's more of a this is a honing 
in your powers kind of thing rather than a you learn how to fight thing except for uh Katie she gets the more like I'm learning how to actually do things in this story um I don't know I really like Shang's relationship with like his relationship with his sister and his mom and his dad and then also just with like regular people as well like his interactions with <laughs> his interactions with like the the one lady on the bus that's like typing an essay or something or like a paper on her laptop on the bus and just like some other random people that they meet throughout the movie like I just really like the fact that it's just like yeah no like he is quite literally the he plays the part of also a person who's supposed to be like the audience substitute like Katie's like Katie's Katie's the main person that the audience can sub like substitutes themselves into but you could also get like some like some of that from Shang because his personality like it's quite relatable at least that's what I thought it was quite relatable to me so maybe I'm just a a, a superhero in disguise I don't know <laughs> next we've got Katie who is just like like one of Shang's friends or as she knows him Sean one of those friends where it's just like oh you have some wet ass shit going on okay I'm gonna go follow you for your foolishness for a little bit um I don't know what the fuck is going on but I'm not gonna just leave you to go you know like find your sister after like by yourself after the whack ass bullshit that I just witnessed I don't know I vibe with her she has like some comedic moments throughout the movie but to be quite honest I was mainly like I wasn't really paying attention to her for like a fair amount of the movie I was more focusing on like the relationship of the family rather than the oh and this is the friend the psychic kind of thing I was mainly focusing on the actual family dynamic because those are the things I'm most interested in like I love found family tropes and I also just love like I find it so interesting to watch like people who are related or have like a close familial bond then be like have opposing ideals it feels like because it gave me um like the kind of vibes that Captain America Civil War was supposed to have in terms of like the he was my friend and so was I and the kind of like Avengers family that they they were not family okay they weren't Tony and Steve and Thor and all the rest of them they they weren't a family they were co-workers at best like tentative friends but I couldn't see any of them paying attention to each other outside of working in the Avengers like I really don't think that they I don't think that they ever spent time together really 
Um, so, you know, rip to all my 2012-era Avengers fanfic, where they all live in the tower, and the Avengers are a family kind of fanfics. Like, I love those, don't get me wrong. I just think that that is a very different, that's a very different place to actual canon, because I don't think most of them got along very well. But, you know, it is what it is, and we're not doing that today, I guess. Where was I going with this? What was I talking about? Right, I was talking about the family. So, another character that I really liked watching was, um, I'm gonna fuck up her name so bad. Jalin, I think. I really enjoyed, I really liked watching Jalin um throughout the movie i feel like i kind of wish that they focused on her just like a little bit more like i feel like that's something that i would have wanted out of the movie but you know we we have time hopefully in the mcu to explore each of these characters you know, we have time in the MCU to give these characters more screen time. At least I'm hoping because y'all made like several TV shows, so you know. And also, it did. They did say that the Ten Rings would return. They never said the characters of the Ten Rings, but they did say the Ten Rings. So something, something is going to return. I would like it to also be the characters, because I I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the dynamic of, like, we are really good at fighting. And, like, Xiaoling's whole thing of, I wasn't taught, like, how to fight. So I watched my brother learn to fight. And then I taught myself to do the same things, the same things, but better. I can't pronounce words. Like, I've been new, but still. Still, that's weird. Anyway, but just her whole, like... And she's such a good fighter as well. Like, just everyone... Every every fight scene in this movie is so good. And just genuinely just, like, wow. Like, wow. Um, But let's talk about, like, our villain... I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm, like, fully comfortable with him being a villain. Because from his point of view, like, his motivations were fairly, like, they were they completely sound? No. But I can see why he did it. Like, the dad's whole, the, his whole motivation was to save his wife. Like, throughout, like... In this movie, his motivation was to save his wife. Was he a power-hungry maniac before? Yes. Yes, he was. I'm not discounting that. I'm not discrediting that. He was a power-hungry maniac who destroyed many a civilization. Is a civilization a group of people? Did I use civilization right? I don't know. He... I don't know if I'm, like, fully comfortable with calling him a villain because at least during the the majority of the movie, like, his 
his motivations was to save his wife, to bring her back. Because that's what he thought he was doing. But he also didn't listen to anyone else's point of view about the entire situation, about the fact that actually, no, it's not a... It's it's not your wife calling you. It's some, like, big old demon monster thingy magic, like, big old random dragonal who's trying to lure you in by using something that you... the thing you want most in the world. Like, the the the, the bad dragon was Loki acting like the mirror of Erised from uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, where... It was kind of just like, hey, I know what you want most in the world. You want your wife back. Well, if you come, if you come here, you can go. You can go save your wife. You can go bring her back. And it's just like, no, it's capping. It's chatting some bullshit. And then the fact, the fact that after all that, it immediately went to go and kill him. Like that's a big oof. Like, that is an L that you took. After all that, after everything, not only was it a lie that you weren't actually saving your wife, but then you also have your soul yeeted out of your body. But he did save Shang in the process. So he wasn't all all bad. But his execution, his execution was... He was just like, oh, fuck this, I'm going to burn the place to the ground. Like, no, don't do that. Don't burn the place to the ground. That's fucked up. <laughs> That's fucked up. Um, Y'all be out here wild. Now, what do you mean you're going to burn the place to the ground? And I don't get why he went, he like sent his like soldiers, peoples to go like get the pendant. Now, bro, why didn't, why didn't, if you were if the, your whole motivation was to go get your wife back, why didn't you just tell them before? Just send a message and be like, yo, um, I found this thing that will help get your mom back because she's been, like, calling out to me from beyond the grave. I know it sounds kind of weird, but um, I need your pendant to find a map to the place where she's being kept captive can i get the pendant to get the map like you know like there were there were better executions of his plan you know like he did not have he didn't have to go to all that that trouble only for it to backfire in his face and then kill him although i guess for him he's probably at he's probably at like a good place for himself because you know is there an afterlife in the mcu is there an afterlife in the mcu wait there's an afterlife in black panther do we actually have a confirmed afterlife in the mcu huh i don't know because i was ab- i was about to go on and say well like he's probably in a happier place because at least like he'll be in the afterlife of his wife, but, like, I don't actually know now. Because in Black Panther, T'Challa, like, could go visit his, like, ancestors on the astral plane thing, but I don't think he was... I don't think... 
one of the times was when he wasn't dead. It was like after drinking the purple heart herb thingy magic. That heart-shaped herb, I think they called it or something like that. Um I don't know if there's an afterlife in the MCU. And I think I've been assuming it. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't even like believe in the afterlife, but I don't know. Um Yeah, that was that was some those are some thoughts. What was I talking about? Talking about the dead. Talked about the girl. Oh, let's talk about the mom, actually. Because I think she she's an interesting character. I would I'd love to know more about like her and also like the people of Talo, I think it is. I'd really like to know more about that whole like the whole place and like kind of get to know more about how like their day-to-day lives rather than you know we have to go fight invaders um like i'm just really curious especially like is it the same as when she lived there like did it change like what like i know we got like the story of the the like the reason why they guard the gate thing but I don't know, I just really, I hope we come back to them at some point, because I feel like that's a really interesting kind of thing, although to be fair, there's no, like, thing, like, they don't need to guard the thing anymore, because the dragon thing's dead, so, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the, like, the new Phase 4 things, though, is, like, this movie, and then also Eternals, is just, like, why didn't you help fight Thanos? It was just, like, because we are guarding something. We're guarding something. You know, because, um, what do you call it? Because they played the Eternals trailer before. Um, They played the Eternals trailer, and they also played, they played the Eternals trailer, and they played the No Way Home trailer before the movie. And it was just like, oh, okay, like, why didn't... And one of the things was just like, oh... Why didn't you come help with Thanos? And they were like forbidden to do so by someone because they had, to, they were only allowed to interfere with matters that had to do with the, the the thing that the word that started with D. It was like the the the, the river. No, that's not it. the dark side. Um, <laughs> that's not the word. They had to deal with like the dark side things, like the weird, like scaly monster things. So they weren't allowed to inter the deviants. That's it. The deviants. Yeah, they um they weren't allowed to interfere with anything that didn't have anything to do with the deviants. Then I feel like we're getting a few of those kind of like a, oh we only interfere with blah blah blah. I don't know how I feel about it. Again, Eternals comes out in November, so that's like two months away from now. Um, and then No Way Home comes out in December, which is. That movie is going to be a goddamn mess. Um, dead ass. Because, um, you know, they just casually drop in Doc Ock and, like, Green Goblin and Electro. Like, if they do the Sinister Six, which I've been hearing about a lot, I haven't read any of the comics. Um, I want to, but there's so damn many. And also, comics are expensive, and I want to actually have, like, them in book form but they're expensive and also I don't even know where to start and every time I go into like Waterstones or something I'm just here like there's so many 
I don't even know, like, do I want Deadpool? Do I want X-Men? Do I want Avengers? Do I want Venom? What do I want? And then I'll see Star Wars stuff and go, do I want Star Wars? Do I want DC stuff? Like, I'm confused and broke. <sighs> I'm confused, broke, and just stressed. Yeah. That's not why I was, what was it? I was talking about not reading the comics, but yeah, no, but, um, yeah, I have no clue what, like, where we're going with the MCU anymore, aside from the fact that, yeah, we have a multiverse now, but, like, to what, to what end do we have a multiverse, like, can, the big question is, can we restore the multiverse, we're obviously not going to do it in Spider-Man No Way Home, because, um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out next March. And it would be wild for them. It would be wild for them to be like, oh yeah, the Doctor Strange movie is called The Multiverse of Madness, but we worked out the entire thing in Spider-Man No Way Home. Also, the fact that Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man, like, whack. I didn't see that one coming. Like, literally, didn't see that one coming, and then the trailer happened, was like, oh shit, okay. We just have, we have so much potential for the MCU currently. Like, we have a lot more potential than I could have predicted two years ago after Endgame. Like, after Endgame, it was just here, like, I don't know what the hell, I don't know what they're going to do for the rest of the MCU, but they have so much potential. Like, with the multiverse, like, the fact that scrolls were introduced in Captain Marvel, like, with the Eternals... I think they confirmed a Fantastic Four movie at one point or another. Like, they're going to make it. Deadpool's supposedly in the MCU now at some point or another. Like, they might bring in the X-Men, but I feel like they're going to wait a while. Because they had, the, like, um, not to mention, we also have variants. we got variants and now we've, from Loki, and now we've also got Deviants. Um from Eternals, not too sure what those are, but, like, this is, this is a wild time to be an MCU fan, and I feel like we're gonna look back one day and look at Endgame and Infinity War and be like, (laughs) y'all thought these were so ambitious, y'all thought these were so ambitious, bitch, where? Bitch, a crossover between the MCU, that's so 2018. Like, I feel like we're going to get to the point at one point or another where like, Marvel is physically going to be unable to not dominate the superhero genre because it's actually, like, kind of insane when you think about it. Because there's four MCU movies and then also Venom 2 comes out soon. And then there's supposed to be four next year as well. And we've had, we're on our fourth TV show. Like, Hawkeye's supposed to come out some point this year. I have no clue when. Secret Invasion, I don't remember if that's the one that comes out this year or next year. There's supposed to be, like, The Marvels is supposed to come out at some point. I think it's this year. Like... Excuse me, 
Kevin Feige. What the fuck? Like, Kevin Feige? How on this earth? Like, we may get Daredevil, like, the Matt Murdock from the Daredevil TV shows, like, Charlie Cox. We might get him in Spider-Man Far From Home. We could possibly get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. We already have Doc Ock from the, like, original Spider-Man trilogy. Like... This year, this, these next, like, couple years of Marvel is going to be insane. And it's just like, well, Marvel own my wallet. Like, I have Disney Plus, but half the time I'm not, half the time it's just like, oh, I'm getting this to watch TV shows. And to watch, like, The Mandalorian um, and Star Wars stuff. But aside from that, like... This is going to be such a wild time. And we're going to look back and be like, huh, wow. Remember in 2018 when the snap, I refuse to call it the blip, it's such a stupid name. Like, they had so many options. They had the snap. They could have had the decimation. The decimation? How fucking hardcore does that sound the decimation like and y'all went and called it the blip all right it is what it is i'm gonna just call it the snap though infinity was gonna feel so far away it's gonna because it already feels far away like, it feels like a different time, and I don't know what to do with that thought. And it is wild to me, because I live... I remember, like, crying my eyes out in the cinema because Spider-Man died. Like, I remember crying... Like, I remember when Mr. Stark, I Don't Wanna Go, was the, like, the most tear-jerking thing that I'd ever seen in my life like, straight up shattered my soul. I remember cry- almost, like, ready to cry 10 minutes into watching Infinity War because Thanos snapped Loki's neck in front of me, just casually. I remember crying my fucking eyes out from the moment that Natasha jumped off a cliff, right up until half an hour after the movie ended. Like, and the fact that I don't know. Like, it just feels so wild to me. Like, I love the fact that we're getting new characters. I love the fact that we're, like, moving on to more storylines. It's not just the same old, oh, Loki's a good guy, Loki's a bad guy, Loki's doing this, Loki's doing that. Like, it's not just, oh, look, who's going to save the day? It's Hulk. I love the fact that we're moving on from that, but at the same time, there's a part of there's a part of me that just kind of like it doesn't feel sad per se, but there's just a part of me that's just like remember these times. I guess it's nostalgia, maybe. I guess. Although to be fair, I only started watching the MCU like at the beginning of twenty eighteen. 
So I've literally only been watching the MCU for like three and a half years. Like, it's just a wild time to just like think back and just kind of like, I don't know, I got really off topic. Um, I've also been talking for a while. I don't, I don't know why I feel really weird right now. Um, is this what sadness feels like? I'm gonna do a rewatch, like, when phase four finishes, I think. Or maybe, like, next summer or something. Like, at one point or another, I'm gonna do, like, a full Marvel rewatch of, like, the first three phases. It's not full Marvel rewatch, but, like, phases one through three because they are like a complete story like chronological not chronological release order because although to be fair if i do it in chronological order i just skip post-credit scenes because the post-credit scenes are the scenes that actually throw out the watching things in chronological order because the majority of it will just, like, be in the right place, and then it will just be, like, the post-credit scene fucked things up. Don't get me wrong, I love post-credit scene, but, like, if you'd never watched a Marvel movie, and you went and watched Black Widow, and then you got to the post-credit scene, and be like, oh, fuck. Damn, I guess she dies. Like, you know? Like, no one has a clue if you haven't already watched them. So, I don't know. And I just, I feel like movies should be able to stand on their own. Like, for the most part, I feel like movies should be allowed to stand on their own. But, um, I don't know, it is what it is, I guess. Like, some movies can, some movies can't, you know? Like, if you walked into watching Deathly Hallows Part 2, I wouldn't expect you to know what the fuck is going on. Just casually, like, unless you'd already seen Part 1. It just doesn't make sense. But, um, I don't know, I've been kind of, like, rambling for a little while about this movie. Not even, I've been rambling off topic for a while, actually. But just, all in all, I think my main, like, point... Of like, I just really enjoyed the movie. Um, so yeah. What's up, y'all? It's Edison James. Hi. Um, coming at you actually from having rewatched Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I watched it yesterday again for the second time. Holds up really well. I still really enjoy this movie. Um, I'm probably not gonna rewatch it in the cinema. But when it comes out on Disney Plus, this will probably be one of my go-to uh rewatch movies actually, because it's just it's a good time, you know. It it's a good time, and I vibe with that. Like I fuck with those vibes a lot, so I will definitely be coming back to go and rewatch this movie. When I was in a cinema, I took some notes, uh, just so I would have some things that in case I missed anything from the movie that I hadn't talked about originally and I do have a few things so I'm just gonna go through uh, my bullet points basically and the first thing uh basically 
I really like Shang and Katie's relationship. Like, their friendship is really nice. Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, they're trying to go for, like, a look, boy and girl, friends. Wow. You know, it's just like, yeah, they're friends. They hang out with each other. I love the fact that we didn't have a, ooh, do they like each other? Like, that would have pissed me. Because this movie is a lot about just the general like power of like family and community at least that's the vibes that i was getting from it like it's quite a community driven movie and katie is part of shang's like main unit of like i think i feel like he's he was a kind of adopted into katie's family and he like can value the importance of family and that's the kind of relationship they have with each other rather than being like a, oh look there are they gonna get together are they not like yeah we have like the comment from the grandma when she's just like oh, when are you two getting married but i feel like every like to be honest i feel like that happens a lot and just like when are you two getting married because they're like so close and stuff but um yeah i just really like the fact that they were able to be friends their dynamic is really fun like especially the way that they tell stories like when they were telling the stories to their friends like it was like i just really liked that kind of vibe that i was getting from them again i just want to hype up the fight scene like the fight sequences in the entire movie are great they're great but especially the first fight scene between between uh Wenwu the dad and the mom but just that first fight scene especially I just I really love that fight scene like there's just something like it's so graceful yet aggressive but also like calm and like she's playing with him like she's literally kind of like not quite mocking but like she's playing because you can tell that she could like very easily have just like bust him out one time just been like boom done because the way that she managed to take on all the guys later on in the movie is just like she took out a big old group of people by herself and that was without the connection to like the great protector that was without her like powers so she could definitely have beat him one time i assume like yeah he had an edge from having the ten rings which i'm actually kind of curious about where they came from as well that's something that that's something that to think about but they do say that the ten rings will return so you know, future MCU stuff, am I right? That first, that first fight scene between the mum and the dad, I just, I love it a lot, I really do. Actually, I think this may, this may actually be a little bit of an easter egg, but there was, in the, like, fight, um, in Zhaoling's, like, fighting place thingy, I don't know what you call those things, um, there was a there was a guy who had like this like ready orange glow under his skin and I thought that could be a like kind of a nod to extremis 
And it wouldn't be the first thing from this movie that is a nod to Iron Man 3 either, because I don't know how I didn't talk about this the first time. They, like, wholly have Ben Kingsley in this movie, who played, like, the knockoff Mandarin, aka um, Trevor Slattery, in Iron Man 3. Like, they have his character back to kind of, like, reprise his role, and we get to see, you know, more of the Trevor version of... We get to see more of the Trevor version of his character, rather than, like, him pretending to be the Mandarin, who is actually Wenyu, which awkward but yeah sometimes you just casually rewrite iron man 3 and i actually really like this like i really like this kind of like it's a it feels like a gentle retcon as it were but it didn't have the um rise of skywalker effect where it's just like everything that was said in the other movie nope that was wrong it just it, it felt like a gentle reminder that, hey, remember this, dude? And, yeah. And they also had, you know, another little callback to another character. Because Abomination was in this movie. You know, Abomination from, like, uh, The Incredible Hulk. Which often gets forgotten, forgotten that that was a Marvel movie. Like, an MCU-specific movie. Because, you know... No, it doesn't really carry over a lot. Although to be fair, this isn't the first time in Phase Four that we've gotten mention of stuff from that era. Because one of the episodes of What If actually brings back a character from that movie. So uh, yeah, nice to see that they're acknowledging that. Yeah, some of our old movies were kind of eh, but they can still bring back parts whilst simultaneously kind of being able to be like, yeah, that was an interesting call. Again, I'm going to talk quickly about another fight scene. The fight scene between uh, Shang-Chi and the, uh, the, like, dude that trained him to be an assassin. The fight, like, at uh, Zhaoling's, like, fighting compound thingy where they're fighting like in front of an open window that scene especially because at one point there was like it was silhouettes oh bro i i do be out here fucking with a silhouette fight like i was just really just every fight scene honestly like i think these are the some of the best fight scenes that marvel has ever done like genuinely just everything about it i really love these fight scenes and i want to see more i want to see shang chi um like using the rings in combination with his like with the powers of talo um like the powers of the great protector like in the future like, I just, I really, I I just want more from this stuff, and, yeah, like, I really just, I'm loving this movie, like, it comes up in my brain a lot, like, I love what this movie is doing, like, in terms of representation, like, Marvel 
is getting more onto actually like representing characters and different cultures not just you know your basic straight white man um and I'm very happy for that because like it's just it's it's nice to see that they are making steps and that's the kind of trajectory that I want them to keep going on is to be making um more steps to be more inclusive with different like races and like people from all different cultures and I'm just really I'm really in like in I'm very much like happy for that's the direction that they're going in but this is a conversation that honestly could be talked about for a very long time but I've said pretty much all I needed to say about Shang-Chi so back to your normal feed I think it's time to go to oh let's run through the um I'm gonna run through the list so far of things because if you've listened to the last episode y'all will know I was doing you know I was giving the movies that I'd seen ratings and I've put them into a little spreadsheet so that I can um have like an end of year board of like my favorite or the ones with the highest scores so we have like to help decide we have the rotten tomatoes quick score rotten tomato rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes audience score my score if there's a guest on that episode there'll be a guest score and then the total score is the average of all of those scores let's see let's run through the list so far at number one, we have The Suicide Squad, which has a total score of 85.33%. Then next up, we have Free Guy, which has a total of 85%. Uh, Black Widow is next with a total of 84%. Snake Eyes is number four with uh, 63.67%. Because... The critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is 37%, which, you know, is saying a lot right now, because that was insane to me, that, like, the critics did not like that movie. Like, at all. Like, the critics were like, fuck this shit, I don't know what it is, but it's not what I wanted. Y'all do you. I enjoyed that movie. So far, Shanti has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 92%, an audience score of 99%, and my score is a 91%, which overall gives Shanti and The Legend of the Ten Rings a score of 94%, which means that it is the new number one, beating out The Suicide Squad by almost... 10.4%. But the movie slapped. And who am I to question my own thoughts and feelings? Who am I to question my thoughts and feelings? Hmm? 
So just to run it down one more time, Shang-Chi is in the lead with 94%. The Suicide Squad has 85.33%. Free Guy has 85%. Black Widow has 84%. And Snake Eyes has 63.67%. Let's just have... I'm going to have some, like, a little bit of general just chit-chat about something. Um... Because I woke up this morning, yeah, as I do, as y'all do, casually hopped onto Twitter, as I do. Not even, I didn't even get to Twitter. I opened my phone and looked at my Twitter notifications and was reminded that, oh yeah, Corpse Husband dropped a song today. And then proceeded to listen to uh, the new song, which is called Hot Demon Bitches Near You. <laughs> and the song fucking slaps. It, it had me hyped up whilst laying in my bed, minding my business, editing. That is going to be all for this episode, y'all. It has been a good one. Give me your thoughts on what you thought of Shang-Chi. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode and you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes, you can go and do that. Um, if you want to talk about your thoughts on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, you can tweet at the podcast on Twitter. You know, where you tweet. Yes. Um. Yeah, you can tweet at the Twitter account, which is hunters underscore pod, or you can send a DM on Instagram at hunters of fandom pod, or you can hit me up on my personals, although to be fair, I haven't been on Instagram or Twitter on my personals for a while, um, but my Instagram is mjgale, and my Twitter is mjgale underscore this has been an episode of hunters of fandom podcast i've been your host jay and until next week y'all hasta luego